0: We're going to turn to Matthew chapter five uh, briefly tonight. We're going to um, I've, I've talked to the um, to all the folks that attended the the fight of faith, and um, and they're going to come and they're going to share some of the uh, some of the meaningful um, takeaways that they had from the from the conference. It's always um, at least it's always a blessing uh, for me to be able to to hear what. Um, what's being absorbed and what's being um, uh, learned and and those kinds of things at these conferences. It really is a a pretty intense time, two days, eight sermons, uh, and a whole lot of fellowship. And so um, I think it's um, helpful to be able to solidify all that stuff down into a few points to hopefully stick in our minds and, and stick in their minds and and then it also reinforces that when they realize they got to get up and open their mouth and say something about it. So um, some of them are nervous, so uh, be, be in prayer for them. But let's look at Matthew chapter 5 for just a second because um, I, I want to read the, um, uh, the theme passage for the conference. The title of the conference was A City Set on a Hill, and... Um, it was uh, selected passages uh, throughout the Sermon on the Mount. Um, categorically, it pretty well hit the, the whole Sermon on the Mount in those messages. Um, not every single verse, but um, let's start reading in um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. It says, "Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted?" And so, you know, we could say this about a lot of a lot of passages in Scripture, but what a relevant, relevant passage for, uh, for us and particularly for our young people to be thinking about right now. We live in a dark, dark world. We live in a dark culture, and it, it seems like it's rapidly getting darker and darker. And we have been called as the people of God to be a city that's set on a hill, to be a light, that shines so that people may see our good works and glorify our Father who's in heaven. And so I want to, uh, um, I want to ask Elijah to kick us off and to, uh, to come up and just make a couple of comments. It doesn't have to be anything super long, but about some things that were meaningful to you, and then if anybody wants to come, I say if anybody. If I've talked to you already, you're you're doing it tonight. So after Elijah, if you feel like you want to take your turn, you can come up. And then if not, when people stop coming, that's when I'll start calling. So come on up, Elijah.
1: I'm very tired. So if uh, this is not very well put together, it's not the only reason why, but. Uh, I would appreciate a little bit of slack as far as that's concerned, but um the I'll just talk about the message that uh connected with me the most. It was the last night, and uh Thomas Mann got up, and we were all tired inevitably and uh he preached on matthew seven twenty four through twenty seven uh the wise man building his house on the rock, and the foolish man building his house on the sand. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't exactly know where he was going with it, but uh, I was trying to be engaged. And uh, anyways, it was just a very blessed sermon. Um, but the uh, the thing that connected to me was he said, uh, both of them here, And he made that statement to the whole room is all of us are under the word. We've all heard the word all week long. And now all of us have heard, we've all heard that, uh, you know, it's adultery to look and to lust after a woman in your heart. It's uh, sinful to be angry with your brother without a cause, and anger is sinful and it's sin that has to be mortified. And we learned that God is um, welcomes our prayers that we can ask and that we can receive from Him. And so we stand without excuse to go throughout our days today and tomorrow and, throughout the rest of our lives, we can never say that we did not hear. You know, we we don't get to the judgment day and say, well, I, I never knew that I wasn't supposed to lie or I never knew that it was wrong for me to um, commit adultery or, or what have you, you know, fill in the blank with whatever sin it is that we struggle with. Um, but both of the men are builders, and they take the information that they have and the cost-to-benefit ratio, which is something he elaborated a little bit more on than I'll do, which it's a good message, you should listen to it. But um, the cost-to-benefit ratio and the um, thinking about what we're building, because we are all building. It's not an option not to build anything as we live our lives uh, you know, the metaphor is that the house goes up and on judgment day, the house either stands or falls. And in trials and in trials and tribulations, the house either stands or falls. And whether the house stands or falls is based on what we've put our energy into, what we've put our time into, what we've dedicated our lives to. And It connected with me in a sense because I was going through Ecclesiastes pretty recently leading up to this meeting, and Ecclesiastes talks about the vanity of pleasure, the vanity of work, the vanity of wealth, the vanity of all of these things, that at the end of it, you die, it's inevitable, that you die and your soul goes back to the one who gave it, and man goes to his home, whether that's heaven or whether that's hell. So this house that we're building is very, very important, which is why he went into the cost to benefit, because there's a cost to building that house on the rock. It's more, much more difficult than building that house on the sand. It's a lot more strenuous. Um, brother, uh, brother Andrew Huffman in the first message talked about, blessed are ye when all men shall revile you for my namesake. And it's a, uh, it's, it's a guarantee that as Christians, we face persecution and we face tribulation. And the house that we have to shelter in better be strong. And as I thought through those things, it started to weigh down on my conscience. You know, what am I devoting my time to? You know, I read and I pray, and um, but I started to feel the weight of my sins starting to pushed down on me, you know, and I started to put it all into context and think, well, yes, I mean, I check these boxes. And yes, I I do love the Lord, but not enough. You know, there's not enough dedication. There's not enough awe. There's not enough praise. There's not enough uh, dedication. And I was grieved by that, but... You know, he, uh, he went on to say the benefits of building that house are everlasting. You know, it's, it's a logical thing to follow the Sermon on the Mount. It's extremely, extremely logical. It makes all the sense in the world that you would conscribe yourself to 80 years of temporal pain and hardship for eternity and happiness and build that house on the rock rather than build it on the sand. Um, and this is kind of cutting that point off, but he said that salvation isn't just about us being saved from our sins, but it's about uh, God's glory. We're not just saved from our sins and then we're left here to pretty much just wait around until Christ come back comes back, but we're given a conscription. In other words, he said it God has business with you. God has business with me, if he's brought us to the light, if he's revealed to us the light, then we have something to do with that. And it's very important what we do with that. And he has endowed on us the responsibility to take that light that we have, to expand on it, to grow in it, and then to use it to further his kingdom and further his glory and build that house on the rock, and the rock which is... Christ, doing all of this in mind, you know, keeping in mind that Christ is the rock. Christ is the one who all this has to be built upon, because if it's built on our own works, if it's built on our own um, presumption, then it crashes down as the poor man's house does. Uh, but anyways, it uh, connected with me in that way, and it's a... Sermon that's definitely worth listening to if y'all have the time. So,
2: not much of a public speaker, so bear with me, Mayor. Uh, there was a lot of good preaching done at Fight of Faith this week, but uh, I think one of the messages that stuck with me the most was Brother Lewis's Monday message on sinful anger. And two, he asked two questions that really stuck with me. And the first one is, why do we become angry? And uh James four, one two says, From whence come wars and fightings among you, come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members. Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. And uh he summarized that into three points. I want, I can't, I destroy. So it's like a, a child in a store. They see something they want, they can't have it. They destroy, they throw a tantrum. And uh he said a thing we need to do is interrupt the progression in James four two by turning it into I want, I can't, and instead of I destroy, we trust in the Lord. And uh Isaiah twenty six three. Says something. It says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. And uh the second question he asked uh he yeah, he asked, Is anger always wrong? Now can uh, anybody guess who the angriest person in the Bible actually is? You can guess out loud. Right, you said somebody said God uh God is the angriest person in the Bible, but he was exhibiting a righteous anger rather than sinful like we do. And the difference being righteous anger is motivated by concern for his own glory and it's expressed in a way consistent with his word and sinful is motivated by concern for what we think is right and it expresses our feelings in the moment. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I had. So thank you.
3: So, um, I can't really choose the favorite sermon that I heard, um, because they were all very, very good, and um, a lot of them were encouraging, but a lot of them were very convicting, too. Um, uh, I appreciated what, what Kay said. Um, Brother Lewis's sermon was very, very good, and, um, and very convicting, and uh, I really enjoyed that one, but um, I wanted to go over, just quickly, Brother Andrew Huffman's sermon from the first day. Um he preached on the Beatitudes, um, and uh, he he spelled it out in, um, in a way. He had four points that were the four things that we don't have. Blessed are the poor in spirit was the first thing. It is good to recognize our need in spirit, our need of for the Spirit in healing and strength and for deliverance. Um, I need to see myself as weak and in need of goodness and care from our God. Um, Blessed are they that mourn. Um, It is good to weep and understand our our inadequacies and weakness, but with hope. Um, Blessed are the meek. It is good to rely on a strength that is quiet, resilient, and consistent. It is a, it is a peaceful thing. Um, he said that meekness is not, um, not, it's not weakness at all. It's strength under control. Um, blessed are those that are, that hunger and thirst after righteousness um, it is good to desire to be filled um, with doing with filled with the desire to do the will of our father um, so these are the four things that we don't usually have but he made the statement it is okay to be an empty vessel before a God who can fill us with his goodness um, the next thing Three points were things that you give. Blessed are the merciful. Um, it is good to be generous to those, um, who even sometimes we think don't deserve our mercy at all. Um, we didn't deserve God's mercy at all, but He chose to be merciful to us. And, um, and He, He calls us to exemplify Him and, Follow his pattern. Um, blessed are the pure in heart, um, and going along with being like him. It is good to be truthful and honest to those we come in contact with every day. Um, so it's a hard thing to do, um, and it's. It's a everyday thing to, um, to come to the Lord and ask him to renew our hearts and to cleanse us every day, um, because sometimes we let sin build up, um, but it's a constant need for washing, um, by his forgiveness and by his word. Um, blessed are the peacemakers, um... It is good to be a representative for Christ in our words, actions, and in pursuance of unity. Um, yeah, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Um, and finally, two things you get. Blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness. That He doesn't say that might be persecuted for righteousness. We will be. It may not be that we're thrown into prison yet or taken out and arrested, but small things. Um, and, and, and it's okay, because we know, he said, we know that we're doing the right thing. We know that we're following him when people hate us, when they revile us for that. Um, it is good to be, it is good to continue in righteousness, even when we are in opposition to others, um, and that goes along with his last point, that blessed are they who are reviled for Christ's sake. Um, I I know that was a bit confusing. I'm sorry, but um, I I really appreciated how he kind of broke down all of the the different things, um, and uh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope that wasn't too confusing. So I just I enjoyed them all and I'm really thankful for everybody who who made this year possible. So um like Case and Ingrid said, there were lots of really good sermons at Fight of Faith, but
4: I'm just gonna talk about a little bit the two main points that I really liked. So the first one was in Brother Timothy's sermon. He said that um, God does Jesus doesn't give us warnings to make our life unpleasant or to restrict us, but because he loves us and because he wants us to make good decisions. And um, the second point is whenever Brother Brady preached, he talked about how um, whenever we work, we need to glorify God in all that we do. And um, yeah, so that's what I like about the sermons. So I was blessed to be able to go to Fight of Faith this year with work going on and all that. It's been crazy. So I was blessed to go and blessed to be with people that I knew and also meet new people. Um, like Brother Lewis said, it was probably one of the best years yet. Um, I've only been going for about five years or so. Um, so one of the sermons that I got a lot a lot out of Um, was Brother Andrew Huffman's. He was one of the first ones to preach on Monday, and he talked about the Beatitudes. Um, uh, One of the points that he made um, was that when we are weak, we come to the realization that God is strong, and we need to depend on Him and lean on Him, even when you perceive yourself as a strong person. So you may perceive that, that you're a strong person, you have everything together, and, um, which, is, which is not a bad thing, but um, when you get to that point, when you get to your lowest point, when you have struggles, when you have trials, that is an opportunity for the Lord to come into your life and say, I am strong and... Uh, <coughs> Uh, it makes us realize that he is strong and um, that we can depend and lean on him. And that's when he also says, you can be strong enough to realize that you are weak without Christ. Because we can be strong, we can physically be strong, we can go to the gym, we can work out. But if we are not spiritually um, strong, then we... Um, or when we don't realize that we are spiritually strong, uh, then then there can be a danger in that. That's when it, pride comes in, and that's where uh, a lot of other things come in. Um, that's when he mentioned to have meekness. Um, and it was really interesting how he put this. He said, meekness is not weakness. In the world's definition, how the world sees it, and I'm just generalizing here. it's a, characterized as having a lack of something in the biblical definition, it means a strength that's under control, like Ingrid had mentioned. Um, and it also he also said that um, that the Lord is generous with his mercy. Um, and that's one of the points that kind of caught me and I started getting emotional. Um, I'm not going to get emotional. My voice just trembles when I talk publicly, so I apologize. <laughs> um, one of the points that got me was that um, he's, the Lord is so generous and that we need to use that as an example when dealing with difficult people, when dealing with different situations when dealing with the world I mean the world in general and so he says here that um because of that we need to be we need to be more merciful um because in your walk with Christ as you conform your life and who you are then <coughs> wow sorry <laughs> then um His attributes and who he is will um, start to shape who you are, and that was one of the big things: is mercy and just being merciful, turning turning the other cheek, and um, forgiving where there is not necessarily um, when you don't really feel like it's it's right. Or, um, where it's, you know, justified. Um, the Lord says, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. Somebody wrongs you, you must forgive because I have forgiven you. Um, so that was Brother Andrews, and then, um, (coughs) brother lewis's sermon um his title was sinful anger and it was really interesting how you titled that because when we think of anger we think of anger as sinning and that's right to think about it that way but there's also righteous anger and i like how he titled that and um was two different kinds of anger one was cold anger and one was hot anger um Cold anger could be characterized as sulking, pouting, withdrawing, retreating, or giving a cold shoulder. Hot anger could be characterized as yelling, screaming, throwing, kicking, um, hitting, talking back, sarcasm, name calling, profanity, and so on. Um, and it's interesting that he said both are wrong. No, One's not worse than the other. Um, and there is a righteous anger, um, one where and it's not necessarily justified. Um, he mentions um, when you want something, you can't have it, and so you destroy it. That is sinful anger. Um, righteous anger uh, is interpreted by I want, I can't, and I trust. So when you want something and you can't have it, the when, uh, that, when you want something and you can't have it, your response should be biblically trusting that, that, um, trusting the Lord in that. Um, and he mentions in Romans 12, Romans twelve seventeen through 21. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, say the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, you feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. For by this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. And that, <coughs> that, uh, really opened my eyes to the fact that righteous anger is a, um, we need to displace his, his, one of his points was we need to place, de-pla- displace our negative reaction So, in terms of where we be sinful anger, it's I want to react and I want to, you know, be angry about it and take it out on somebody. It's we need to displace that with, um, where was I? With, uh, with forgiveness. We need to forgive and we need to let God take care of it. This is why it says, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. The Lord said that right in the Bible. We need to let the Lord, um, Take care of that. And um, and the the only thing that you can control is, like, he, like Brother Lewis has been saying, um, your reaction. And that has a lot to do with our anger and how we react to it. Um, he also mentions that in anger, we must have self-control. That is one of the huge things, because especially when we get angry, when we start, you know, um our blood pressure blood blood pressure rises, there is a lack of self-control. And so we have to have to have self-control. The other point was um if we think that we can't control our anger, if we're like, okay, well, I lost my, you know, I lost my temper, there was nothing I could do about it. You know, um it was just in the moment and um you know you need to for forgive that person for lashing out or for not having self-control. But if we don't, if we think that we can't control it, there's a deficiency in our knowledge, um, meaning we don't truly understand what it is to have self-control. And um, there was different points to where um, you get from just being annoyed to completely losing your mind and lashing out and being angry. And Brother Lewis said, start right at the beginning. Start where. Right before you even start getting annoyed or before you even start getting um, angry, remember that that um, to stop and to if you need to walk away and ask the Lord for help to calm your spirit and to give you that self control um, and then one of the last points that he made <clears throat> was that you can't be a productive citizen. In this world, if you don't know how, how to deal and to manage with your anger, <clears throat> with your anger, um, we all deal with anger, um, more so some than others, and it's something that all of us deal with and all of us need help with um, and how to manage it. You're going to have anger. That's part of um, being human is you're going to deal with this. You're going to, I mean, you're going to deal with other things, but anger is one of them. And if you don't know how to deal and manage it, um, then like he says, you can't, you can't be a productive citizen. And as a Christian, we're called to obey and listen to the Lord. And so when you find yourself in anger or find yourself tempted to be angry, just call out to the Lord, even if it's, you know, in the most awkward situation or whatever, just call out on him. And he will help you, and so that that um, has really helped me. Kind of had a, a better understanding about anger, um, and how to just deal with on you know, on my end. But um, there was a lot of other pre- preachers, um, some great sermons. They were definitely blessed. Um, just continue to pray for them, especially through the summer. You know, Thomas Mann. Preached at the Grace Chapel meeting the weekend before. He just he had a long week, so <laughs> just be praying for all of them and their safe travels back. Um, and I hope y'all enjoy the rest of the speakers. Thank you.
5: My voice is kind of lost, but it's it's coming back. So I apologize for my scratchy. Uh, yes, sorry. <coughs> okay, is that better? Okay. Um, so, in Brother Lewis texted me, I knew exactly what it was that I wanted to share because I'd already been sharing it with a couple of people after the fight of faith. And it's not necessarily a specific point from a specific message. It was more like a common theme that I felt so much conviction and also a lot of joy about Um, this theme I saw in a lot of the different sermons. There's actually two points. So the first one that I want to talk about is humility, and that's something that I really struggle with. And a lot of the, especially Andrew Huffman, talked about just being empty and being, thinking less of yourself and seeing your need and seeing your weakness and being meek, which he said meekness is not weakness, but um, being weak before Christ and, and feeling your need for Christ. And he also talked about how um, if you don't feel your need for Christ, that's more dangerous than feeling weak and feeling um, your need for him. So basically what he was saying was that if spiritual maturity is not when you get to the point where you feel like you don't need Jesus anymore and you think you've got it all under control and you have it all figured out, that's not what spiritual maturity is. Um, So anyway, let me get my notes out because I just kind of, I went over them. I was trying to go back through and pull out where I'd seen the theme of humility and then the second theme is um the importance of making God's glory your motive in all things. And I always pray like in my prayers, I'm always like, Lord, just help me uh glorify you in all that we do and um, let me glorify your name today. But I never thought about that phrase and how it how it practically is lived out in Moment by moment situations throughout your day. And so, with Brother Lewis talking about anger, and um, I think it was Brother Timothy too who touched on um, seeking God's glory in your relationships. And if you're, you cannot handle your anger correctly, and you can't handle relationships correctly if your ultimate motive is not to glorify God. And if your motive is just to, make yourself a better person or get on better terms with that person that you're angry with and your motive is not to give God glory in your relationship, then it's not going to have a lasting effect and it's just going to last. And you talked about that in your marriage uh, sermons too about how I've, I've been noticing it for, uh, even through the grace chapel meeting and all of that, just like the importance of giving God the glory and seeking God's glory in every decision that you make. So, um, um, so Jamie Tucker preached about, he he made a comment that you should commit yourself to admitting your weaknesses, and I think Thomas Mann also talked about one of the habits in his home is to confess his sins with his family every night, and he prays with his family, and they'll uh, confess their sins every night, and I thought that was just a great idea, but, uh, that's one way to feel your need for Christ and to be... Exercise being humble is just admitting your weaknesses and admitting your sins. And, um, so that was sort of a lot of the points that I saw about weakness and about humility and how important, how important humility is in your walk with the Lord. So, with the other theme of making God's glory your motive, Uh, Brother Jeremiah, I don't know Brother Jeremiah's last name, Bass. Brother Jeremiah Bass preached about uh, God seeing your sin and how nothing you ever say escapes God's ears and how you you can't do anything without God knowing about it. And so he said that nothing should be more precious than obedience to God. And it was so beautiful to see the examples of all the godly men and their lives lived faithfully to God and them talking so passionately about about God and about how real He is and about their desire to glorify God and how important it is to make good decisions so that you will glorify God. And um, Brother Jamie talked about asking for good gifts, and he said that, We will not receive what we ask God for in prayer if we ask with the wrong motives. And so he made a comment at the end of his sermon. He said, may I be so in love with God's glory that I never ask something that is outside of his will. And if it is, he is so merciful to us that he won't grant us things that are going to be bad for us because he only gives us things that are good for his children. Um, Brother Lasser Bradley spoke on... His title of his sermon was Teach Us to Pray, and it was amazing to see the examples that he brought to his sermon about the importance of God's glory, because he gave an example of a guy who was trying to serve better, and so he picked a family, and he did so many things for this family. He brought them food. He took them to doctor's appointments, and Brother Lacer went back to that church where that guy had started doing that to that family, and then he said that he eventually stopped serving that family because he didn't feel appreciation from that family, and they never once thanked him, and he just kept pouring into that family, but they never showed him any appreciation, so he stopped. And Brother Lasser told him that his motives were wrong and that he was not doing it for God's glory. He was doing it for his own glory and to feel appreciated. And when he told that story, I felt so convicted because I do so often seek my own praise by doing kind things for people and I'm not doing them for the right <laughs> motives. And so I really appreciated his sermon about that. And then he also said that um, it's a privilege to be called the sons of God. And it's a privilege to be able to call on God as our father and to be able to pray to him on such intimate terms. And that just was amazing to see because like when you're not, Surrounded by God's people when you're not going to church and when you're away for a long time, it's easy to grow cold and grow less passionate about um, how precious the relationship is between God and his people and how he ministers to his people and so um, he uses Jesus Christ to intercede for us and he and brother Man, brother Thomas Mann pre- preached on. Christ and intercession right before the fight of faith. So I had all this about Jesus and how he's our intercessor and he's our advocate. And then I went to the fight of faith and he was talking about all these things that we need to be doing and, and all these commands and all these uh, warnings as Brother Timothy Guest spread it to help guide us through life to make good decisions because they want to see us following the Lord. But if you're honest with yourself when you're listening to those sermons, you know that there's no way that you can live up to all of those standards and you cannot follow the law perfectly. And so that's why Jesus is so precious and his work is so precious. Um, So that was really a huge blessing to be able to hear both uh, conferences back to back. Um, But Zach Guest also said that you will not make wise choices if you're not close to the Lord. So everybody there was just so encouraging to the young crowd and the young group that was there uh, seeking to hear God's word. And they were all pointing them to Christ in such a beautiful way that you really see it not as just words coming out of their mouths, but you can tell that their hearts are in it and they have lived through it and they know what works and what doesn't work just from experience, but also um, because of God's word says it. So if God's word isn't enough, isn't a good enough witness for the truth and how to live righteously and how to glorify God. Then their examples will be because you s- you get to hear about all the, um, all just all the examples they use in their sermon and just their zeal for God and the way that they talk about God. Um, so I think my favorite sermon I had to pick was Timothy Guesses. He taught about the narrow way compared to the broad way that uh, the world takes, and I just really appreciated how he summarized a lot of the themes that I've been seeing. And he just talked about humbling yourself and the importance of humbling yourself and ordering your life around God's word. And so those are the two, two huge things that I've been convicted about over the weekend and then over the week. And I've just, I'm, I would appreciate your prayers as I seek to pursue humility and to pursue God's glory And just the little things throughout the day-to-day, mundane, routine things, because I've already had several opportunities um, to seek God's glory already. I've noticed just like, I've had to stop and just pray like, Lord, I've already made a commitment to seek your glory, so show me how to do that in this situation. And there was a lot of practical ways shown this week to do that, and relationships and all the things that everybody else has already talked about. So anyway, that was a very big blessing for me to be able to um, listen to all their sermons and hear how all that is tied in to all those different themes. So thank you all.
0: All right, I think that's, that's all the folks I've talked, all the folks I spoke to. So I, this is the 10th the year of... Uh, of faith, so it was kind of a kind of a little bit of a of a landmark. Um, one of the encouraging things was, as was said, it was it was one of the bigger years. So um, it's not fizzling out. So we're very thankful for that. One of the other things I was thinking as I was sitting there was, um, you know, there's a lot of things to be discouraged about um, in the world around us, but uh, we just had a handful of young folks get up and coherently talk about the Bible in a way that applied to their lives, that's something to be encouraged about. You don't find that in a lot of places. Um, and so these these kinds of things are such a a worthy investment uh, for our church and for the kingdom. And so I'm just thankful that we have these opportunities. I'm thankful for the church's support and us going and participating and Of course, we're going to next week, we're going to take a handful of us to to Tyler, Texas and do salt and light. Um, And uh, and for the same reason, uh, in an effort to build up the kingdom of God, one young person at a time, both through their time in the word and the relationships that are forged there, Uh, among God's people. So very thankful. I thank you, uh, young folks, for the folks that got up and and spoke. I appreciate you having the courage to do that. I hope it was a blessing to you as you um, listened and um, encourage you to encourage them.